We have a lot more influence on people than what we may think. We don't oftentimes think we can influence people in a positive or negative way as much as we can, and we shouldn't be able to because they should have their own personality and opinions. But the fact of the matter is we're all emotional human beings, and we can influence people in a very big way. And, and oftentimes they were influenced by somebody before us, potentially in a very negative way. So we have to do our job to do some damage control. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, real quick before we get started, first of all, I wanted to thank everybody for joining us on the show and for listening uh, to all my loyal listeners. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, continuing to listen and support the show. If you can go on to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen and subscribe to the show, that would be fantastic. Spread the word too. I'd love to, you know, have this reach more and more people. So if you could share it on social media or, or, or and just talk about it to other people, that would be fantastic. And the last thing is if you can go on to iTunes and give us a rating review, uh, hopefully five stars, that would be great as well. It just helps us spread the word more and it helps us get continue to get uh, really good guests on the show. We've had some fantastic guests and I just want to be able to continue to bring fantastic value to you. Go on to our Facebook page too, Pillars of Wealth Facebook page. And I'd like to hear from, from you as a listener of you know, what you're doing in business, what you've got going on, what you are maybe struggling with or uh, being successful with, and then what we can do on the show to help push you to that next level. Maybe uh, questions we can ask our guests, maybe guests that we can get on the show to talk about certain topics, certain things that are really neat. You're needing uh, some, some extra support with. So provide for us some feedback on Facebook um, and you can also share this out on, on social media. That would be fantastic as well. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being a, uh, being a either new listener or a loyal listener. I definitely appreciate it. And we will get started with the show. Welcome back everybody to another edition of hump day hustle, the show where we focus on business and real estate as our core pillars of wealth creation. My name is John Stiles with Bridge Realty, and I'm excited for another great episode. Today, we're going to be doing another book review, and the book today is How to Win Friends and Influence People. So it's going to be a great discussion. Um, so with that, here's our host, Todd Dexheimer. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, John. Thank you. And uh, everything going well for you this week? Anything new and exciting to report? Uh, everything's going well. Finally got up the the deal here under contract. So feeling good about that. Going to be flying out uh, to the property next week. And also going to be looking at the current deals I've got going on. We've got uh, we're, we're midstream construction um, on these deals. And one of the things when you're doing these uh, value adds is it's important to um, – it's important, to, especially to get the timing right on the renovations when you're coming up to this kind of time of the year. So really leasing picks up 
in the spring and in the early part of the summer. Those are the best times to lease. And so I'm really pushing our project manager and our contractors to try to get more of these units completed. Right now, I'm a little frustrated because I, I feel like we don't have enough units ready to go online. Um, we actually have a waiting list right now. And I think that's a bad thing to have a waiting list right now as we speak because um, you're talking about a waiting list of tenants of tenants wanting to move in. You know, I I would rather have units done and sitting. I mean, it's a good sign that we've got a waiting list, but at the same time, I really want these units ready to go so that when spring does hit and people are looking, that we don't have this waiting list that we can't actually. Uh, fulfill. So uh, going down there, trying to figure out what we can do to try to speed the process up. And we still want to do quality work. So want to maintain that same level. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we're getting things done. We want to get our occupancy up as quickly as possible. My investors want to start seeing nice profits turning. I want to see nice profits turning. And, uh, you know, we, we want these properties to be running smoothly. So the quicker we can do that, obviously, the better. A tenant waiting list or prospective tenant waiting list is not so bad of a thing if everything's occupied and you know everything's where the the rent should be. But but in your situation where you've got some units unoccupied because they're being renovated, I can see where that's that's a different situation, right? Yeah, we've got units that are unoccupied because they're not renovated. Then we've got some units that are unoccupied and they're not even being touched right now because we don't have the capacity to get to them. And so that's where the frustration is coming in hand is that uh, I feel like we should be at a, we should be farther along uh, on both projects, actually, than what we really are. It's been difficult finding good quality contractors that are going to do the work for a decent price. Um, and so that's that's definitely a difficulty, but that's just an excuse, honestly. It, it, everything's just an excuse. It comes down to needing to get it done. Yeah. Well, it's, you uh, heading down there to put some pressure on will probably be a big help in that, to that end. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, uh, you know, this book that we're going to talk to actually talks quite a bit about how to confront these types of situations. And so hopefully if I've learned a thing or two that I can convert the situation properly and actually motivate instead of uh, put that fear into people. And that, that's one of the things that how to win friends and influence people talks about. So, um, you know, hopefully me going down there showing that I sincerely am concerned and, and would like to continue to get this project done quickly will help uh, get the project done quickly. I'll help light that fire and, and continue to move it along. You never ask for perfection. You always understand that things do happen. Uh, my investors, you know, are understanding things are happening too. And, and there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And they've all been fantastic. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, you, you want to see the corner being turned. And, and, and that's kind of where we're at is I think we've got some pretty good things going on. I feel like we do. But at the same time. I just want to make sure we're, we're where we need to be. Good. Well, that's a good weekly update here. Um, I'll just give a brief update on, on my own business. You know, I'm, as we talked about before the show, um, businesses go in ebbs and cycles or ebbs and flows or whatever, you know, and 
sometimes there's a lot of dealing with customers and then you go a lot of other backend stuff. So um, it's sometimes hard to balance all the keeping my prospecting going and actually servicing the clients, you know, evaluating properties for my buyers, for my sellers. Um, so just balancing that. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, I need to be looking for ways to delegate higher assistance or, um, you know, just different ways to get things done efficiently. So it's kind of something I'm working on. So. Yeah. And in your case, John, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it'd be good to bring on somebody that's young and hungry and willing to do some of that prospecting for you. Um, because, you know, it doesn't cost you really any money, honestly, to have somebody working on a team with you. Um, they might take some of your profits, but that's okay because you're getting more profits in that case. So that might be something that you want to look at is, is how do you bring in somebody young and hungry that's willing to do the prospecting, that's willing to take some of that off your plate so you can continue to build your business um, by actually servicing your clients and, and, you know, doing the things that you need to do and the steps that you need to do. You can also hire a VA like we talked about prior to hitting record is, um, you know, hiring a VA is going to, is going to help you alleviate some of those day-to-day menial tasks that are honestly somebody that you could pay 10, 15 bucks an hour, or maybe even less, uh, to do some of that stuff. So those, some of those initial sourcing, uh, activities that you're spending a lot of time on is honestly probably not really good use of your time where you should be doing, you should be actually dialing and, and, and make me making that phone call right now that might be okay to do, but it's, but finding the phone numbers and really getting the list together is something you probably shouldn't spend your time on. So, Hey, we're going to take a quick break and I want to mention a few things. First of all, I've been doing some coaching and I want to continue to kind of expand that slowly and, and take on a few clients. And, and up until recently, I didn't really believe uh, in coaching and, and uh, you know, taking courses and stuff like that. But I, recently, or I shouldn't say recently, it's been, it's been a, a few years now, hired a, a coach and saw a immediate results and have been very happy with it and decided, you know, as my teaching background, I wanted to do some coaching myself and help other people get the results that I was able to achieve. And so if you're at that point where you think that's the spot for you, or maybe you just want to explore if it's right for you, uh, you know, reach out to me. I'd have a free discovery call with you. We want to make sure that it is the right step for you to take. There might be other things that you can do to get success uh, and coaching might not be it, but let's have that discovery call to find out if that is uh, the step that you need to take. So it can really make a major impact in your business and get you to that next level. Uh, the other thing is John Styles. He's on this show every single week uh, with me on the Hump Day Hustle. And John Styles is a real estate agent in, in Minnesota, and he will help you find a good, good investment property. John is very knowledgeable and can help you find an investment property. It can also help you sell your investment property. So reach out to John Styles with Bridge Realty and uh, connect with him. He'll also, you know, consult with you and, uh, and make sure you guys are the right fit. So 
Uh, give him a call if you're in Minnesota. Reach out to him. Uh, he'd love to help as well. Back to the show. Um, well, let's move on to the book review, John. You yes. mentioned how to the book, yeah. Friends and influence people. And I don't know anybody that wants to win friends, right? <laughs> yeah, so how to win friends and influence people by, by Dale Carnegie. He calls it the only book you need to lead you to success. Uh, I'm not sure, quite sure if that's true, but uh, this is one of my all-time favorite business books. I think it gives really pretty basic information, uh, but information we all need reminders of all the time. Um, and we're all raised in different uh, backgrounds and we've got different experiences and we've got different temperaments and tempers. Um, and everybody's got their own baggage, whatever that might be. And this book just kind of helps us clear it up and think about some of the some of the ways that we act and I know for me this has been valuable uh book and I've 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 made it a habit of reading it or listening to it uh probably about once a year just to give me that refresher uh to understand you know just some of the tactics that are used in this book and so I, I really like it I think it's extremely valuable like you know it, it is basic like you said, you felt like, what, what did you say? What was your exact quote before we started? Yeah, I said it, it kind of felt like I was in Sunday school. Because yeah. um, a lot of what he talks about is how to treat others. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what you learn about if you're, if you happen to be religious or Christian or whatever. Um, it's about treating others how you would like to be treated. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so. And I think, uh, I think that's so that's so true, and but we don't think about that on a day to day basis. I mean, how many, how often do you really think about that type of stuff? And and when you're when tempers start to flare, we flare up, and and that never solves anything. So this book kind of just goes through some of the basics, sets up some good um, conversations, really some good examples. I think that help lead us to oh yeah, there is another way around. Um, for instead of being confrontational, it's not, and this book isn't really about winning friends, I would say. I mean, yeah, you could use this tactic to, to get friends, but it's more about how to be successful in business with relationships regarding people, you know, because you're always dealing with people. So this is, this is a good book for even negotiation tactics and, and all that kind of stuff. So just relationships and how do we deal with people, uh, especially because in business, oftentimes we're dealing, or not oftentimes, many times we're dealing with people that are um, kind of abrasive or that are, are thinking we're selling them, which oftentimes we are, uh, but they might not be the most pleasant people to deal with sometimes. Yeah, and the uh, version of the book that I got was the revised version for keeping in mind today's social media culture. And I think that's worth mentioning uh, that today where a lot of people do their interacting from behind their screens, you know, they <laughs> or they comment on posts or, you know, give their two cents in some discussion or argument, and they don't have to see 
the reaction of the person that they're talking to. They could just, you know, be at home and be hiding behind their screens. And so I think that kind of just exacerbates the, is that the right word? Exasperates. Exasperates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out then. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you said something totally different. That's not a part of this show. Exasperate. So, uh. <clears throat> so I think that just exasperates the problem of how people sometimes treat others. You know, like you mentioned, being abrasive or just not thinking about how they're coming across, mm -hmm. trying to win arguments for the sake of you know, I'm right and I have to make sure the other person knows they're wrong. Um, so that's kind of the opposite of what this book coaches us to do. Yeah. And, and I have found myself in like, even my relationship with my wife or kids, you know, they say something that's wrong and I try to correct them right away and be like, Nope, it's this way. And it's like, nobody, Oftentimes, sometimes it's okay to correct, if, especially if it's a teaching moment for your kids, but just always correcting your kids just because they're kids and they're oftentimes not as smart as you. Some, some people that are probably smarter than, but uh, oftentimes not as smart as you. So you think you're going to show them and correct them. Well, that doesn't help them learn and grow. And it, it, it just makes them more abrasive around you or feel like they they can't, they're never right. Or, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not really helping develop anybody for your kids, for your wife. It's just making her not want to probably talk to you <laughs> because all you're doing is always proving your point, proving yourself right. So I have to catch myself at times before I'd say, well, no, this is the right thing. Um, you know, and, and he gives a perfect example. I think somebody was talking about, uh, do, had a, like a Shakespeare quote, and the guy made the quote and said it was from the Bible, I believe he said. And uh, Dale Carnegie, the author of the book, said, you know, well, no, it's from Shakespeare. And, and so they're arguing back and forth, and he went to his buddy, who was kind of like a Shakespeare uh, expert and said, Hey, you know, where's this quote from? And, uh, and the guy said, well, it's from the Bible, of course. And, uh, later Dale said, well, what'd you do that for? You know, it's not from the Bible. He said, well, I know it's not from the Bible, but why did I want to make that guy feel like an idiot? And the guy was maybe the host of the party or something like that. I can't remember what, but, um, you know, it was kind of a, a good point of, look, you don't always have to prove your point. You might be right, but that's not always the, what's needed. Yep. And speaking about family relationships, you know, our kids pick up on the way that we talk to them or way that we correct them. And I'm finding with my kids, you know, my, my oldest daughter is now correcting her younger brother mm. and, and about, you know, things that don't matter. And then they go back and forth arguing about it. And I'm finding myself saying, just like the book says, you don't have to be right and you don't have to correct other people if they're wrong. You know, just what's, what's the, what are you accomplishing by proving that somebody else is wrong? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, well, I wanted to go through John, just some, some principles. I won't 
try to ramble on too much, but some of the stuff that I, that I got from it, he, he talks about giving honest, sincere appreciation. He also talks about arousing in the other person an eager want, and that's going to help them really like if they, if they have an eager want to help you or, or that desire to work for you or whatever like that, um, that's just going to help obviously for employees or anything like that, or, or anybody who's going to want to be helping you. Uh, so I thought those are a couple of good things. And the other thing, when he's talking about relationships with people, he, he talks about becoming, he says, become genuinely interested in other people and be a good listener. You know, he, he talks about just how like going to a party and being the one that listens and then like asks, you know, just simple questions, but gets that other person to keep on talking. All of a sudden they think you're like the most interesting person in the room. Even when you, you didn't really talk, you just listened the whole time, but they got to talk and they got to talk about themselves and their wants and their desires and their interests. And yet you just listened essentially and became the most popular person in the room. Um, so I thought that was really good. I'm talking about remembering the person's name and saying their name, how, how they like that. I talked about the power of smiling. I can remember the first time I read this book on the airplane, I got off the airplane, I was in Cincinnati and I went and drove and I went to a gas station and I can't remember the lady's name, but I said her name, uh, you know, it was the name tag. So I said something about And, and by the way, just to preface this, the person before me, there are a couple people before me, you could just tell her attitude wasn't very good. It was, you know, one of those, she just didn't want to be there. She wasn't having a good day. And I came up and I gave a big smile and I said, uh, you know, like, you know, Hey, Hey Jan, how are you doing today? And she looked up at me kind of like surprised and she saw the big smile on my face and then just started to smile and, and talking and, you know, it, the whole conversation was very positive and it was just a good, like a good feeling conversation. And then I, you just like, wow, I, the, the book, like it's so simple, but it actually works. You know, people want to be around somebody that smiles, calls them by their name and that has a genuine interest in themselves or in them. I mean, not themselves, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Smiles are contagious and, and yeah. being positive is contagious um, and so it can, it just can build on itself as well. Um, uh, I think using the name, using somebody's name is really important. It's, it's one thing that I, ch I, um, struggle with, I guess, because I have difficulty remembering people's names, but, um, it's something that I'm trying to work on. And I think it, you know, I know when, when somebody uses my name, it, it perks your ears up. You know, you realize that, oh, they, they know me, they remember me, they, they're interested in me. So I think it's very effective. Yeah. Well, and they're addressing you directly, right? They're not just talking to nobody. They're directly, directly talking to you. And so that's why it's always nice when, when somebody says, Hey, John, you know, what, what, you know, what's your opinion on this? you know they're directly talking to you about it and they value what you think. And that, that's, that right there is definitely valuable. Um, 
this is this is the the part where he's talking about you know the arguments and he says the only way to get the best of an argument is to avoid it and he doesn't he ta- he specifically says look i'm not telling you to be a pushover i'm not telling you to get you know walked all over but many times more often than not it's best to just avoid an argument it's best not to be a part of that because just because you step into an argument, throw your weight around, doesn't give you more respect. People don't respect that more. They don't say, well, he's not a pushover. Um, they're just going to say he's a jerk, you know, yeah. inst- instead of instead of um, respecting you. So he also says, show respect for the other, other person's opinions and never say you're wrong. Just don't say you're wrong. And, he's, and then he says, if you're wrong, quick admit it quickly. And I like how he talks, you know, in the book a few times about like, he tells during a story, you know, somebody goes up and says, well, I'm, I was wrong about this and such and such. And they kind of blame themselves for something. And the person that was, you know, kind of the, the enemy backs off and says, oh, no, it's not no big deal. Everything's just fine. You know, and they kind of like help them along the way then. And so it's it's funny how by basically throwing yourself under the bus and, and saying, hey, that you know, I was the one that was wrong. And all of a sudden now they feel bad. Their their guard is, is down and they're wanting to be more empathetic to you. So. Yep. And I think we have a fear of, of doing that to ourselves. We, we want to protect ourself, our self image, our, our self worth, what are and the, the view that other people have of us. So we don't like to put ourselves down or to acknowledge our faults. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it doesn't come natural, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A lot of this, a lot of this, again, a lot of this is super basic, super easy. Like we're like, oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But as you just said, a lot of it doesn't come natural. So we have to really think about it. That's why I like reading or listening to this book once a year because it doesn't come natural, some of this stuff. The, the last portion of the book, he talks about being a leader and just gives some good advice about becoming a leader. And he's, he he. He says a leader's job often includes changing your people's attitudes and behavior, some suggestion to accomplish this. And so he gives us some some good points to just begin with praise and honest appreciation. So instead of um, putting somebody down, first, begin with the praise. So what's what was good? So maybe you have an assistant who is maybe not doing as good of a job that you want. Well, let's pick the, you know, top like one or two things, maybe three things that that assistant does well and and say those things first. So begin with the honest praise. um, And then you can call their mistakes out maybe even indirectly as, as well. So they can understand that you do appreciate them. Um, However, there's some things that you want them to work on. And so I think that was, that's really important uh, to do because oftentimes we just want to try to get to the point. We don't want to, we don't want to be walking on eggshells or whatever you want to call it. We we just want to get right to the point, but that might not be the best way as, as far as a leader to do it. Yeah. And he talks about when you do make that transition, 
don't use the word but like you do all these great things but you know this is wrong don't use that approach instead say and to make the transition so that they can see you know it's you're not just buttering them up and and doing it just to kind of a bait and switch but um you well and, and he talks about doing it indirectly too is and i can't uh, i can't think of an example off the top of my head uh, i wish i could but uh he talks about you know you give them some praise and then say um maybe give an example of of what you want them to do that they're not doing you don't have to say you're not doing this just say wouldn't it be it's so nice when i get the uh i it's so nice when i get the annual report by the 15th of of each month maybe they're delivering the annual report on the 25th and 30th but you want it on the 15th. So you say something simple like that. It's so nice when I get the annual report by the 15th of the month, my investors really like to see the, uh, you know, the performance of, of the asset by the 15th. Mm -hmm. And so if you say something like that, they already understand that you appreciate their job. And now they hear that and they go, Oh, wow, I need to get it by the 15th of the month. You didn't call them out. You didn't say, but you're doing this wrong. Um, you just put your expectations forth. So sometimes we can put our expectations forward without essentially calling them out. Yeah, that's a really good example. The other thing that this relates to in, if you're in kind of a, a multi-person company where there's you know office politics and different people involved, you know, we might get upset at somebody. And he, he gave the example of, you know, before you're allowed to tell somebody why you're upset at them or what they did wrong, you have to, you write that down so you don't forget it. And so it's kind of, it's out there. It's, it's out of your mind. You've written it down, but then you have to come up with two or three other things that you do like about that person which, you know, that's just going to help your own self out. That's going to change your mindset about them. And it's going to, I mean, we often don't take the time to think about what do we like about these other people that we're working with. Um, so it can be a really great exercise just for yourself. And then if you do take it to that next level of actually bringing the concern to that other person, then you've prepared yourself well for some honest, positive encouragement. Yep. Yep. I think he gives an example um, in the book of, of um, you know, giving somebody a reputation to live up to. And I, he gives an example of like the, you know, that kid in the class, that's kind of the, the bully and whatever. And he, he, I can't remember the exact example, but he talks about, he, he says something positive. Like the teacher says, well, you know, calls up Johnny that always gives the teachers a hard time and you know says Johnny you're you know all the kids look up to you, you know, which makes you a great leader will you be you know the leader in our class and do this and that's something we can do with our own you know employees or, or people that you know man property managers whatever it is is give them a reputation like you tell somebody that you know I 
you've got the reputation of of being the you know top for for um, the, the broker. You've got the reputation of, of you know of being the top broker that negotiates the lowest prices on deals. Well, now they've got that expectation that they're going to get good prices on deals. Now, is that going to work every single time? Maybe not, but um, you know, it's definitely better to give them the reputation that you want them to have than it is to, uh, you know, to, to not, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of this interpersonal relationships are, there's a lot of psychological things that are happening behind the scenes that we don't realize if we're not intentional about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but if we can recognize that the way that we talk and interact with people has an effect on them and we can decide if that's going to be positive or negative, we can influence the way those relationships develop. Yeah. I think the, uh, the, the under, Arching the underlining point of the book uh, is exactly what you just said. I mean, we have a lot more influence on people than what we may think. We don't oftentimes think we can influence people in a positive or negative way as much as we can, and we shouldn't be able to because they should have their own personality and opinions. But the fact of the matter is we're all emotional human beings, and we can influence people in a very big way. And, and oftentimes they were influenced by somebody before us, potentially in a very negative way. So we have to do our job to do some damage control. I mean, if you want something, go to this, go to the city one time. If you want to see some negative uh, energy and negative attitude, go to most cities. Uh, I'll call up out the city of Minneapolis, uh, go there and try to get something done by talking uh, I don't want to even say mean just by just not talking with a smile and then go there the next day and have a smile and be positive and, you know, encouraging and, and follow some of the leads in this book and see the difference that you can get from just that little interaction. Go try to pull a permit with the building department and, and be negative and kind of pushy and see what happens when you do that versus when you do the other way. I think you'll find very quickly that you like the uh, Dale Carnegie way a little bit better. Yep. What do they say? Uh, you attract bees with honey or. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want honey, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. Uh, we need to be intentional about the way we interact. So definitely, you know, it's a deep, it's just a basic book, but it's a deep book. It really causes you to think. And yeah. so there's a lot in it, you know, more than we can unpack here. It's, it's a long, a long book. So I uh, definitely recommend that people pick it up either the hard copy or the audible and. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Good book. Good stuff. Like I said, I do. I, I mean, I, I've probably gone through this book four or five times now already since the first time I, I looked at it and I uh, really like it. So, uh, so that's it, John, man. That's, that's all I got. Very good. Well, to our listeners and viewers, please uh, let us know if you've read the book, uh, what you took out of it. Uh, we'd like to get your comments and feedback either on this episode, right in the comment section or on our Facebook page is a great place to have that conversation. 
So you can look us up, of course, with Pillars of Wealth Creation. Cool. Thanks, John. Have a good rest of the day. Make every Saturday. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go. Again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business, and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day, and as I say, make every day a Saturday.